0: hey everyone it's michael here from the goody reader radio show we go live every couple of weeks on the website goodyreader.com as well as all your favorite podcast networks apple podcasts google podcasts um, youtube and a myriad of others so you can stay on top of all of the latest news in the e-reader and e-paper world so spotify it's dedicated music platform I think everyone knows that but they're really getting serious about audiobooks their deal with find a way just went through like a couple of weeks ago and this was announced like last year so find a way sort of one of the largest like aggregators of like ebooks so when a company wants to offer ebooks like through like a software as a service or they want to build an app and sell audiobooks they pretty well contacted Find a way powered kobo audiobooks Scribd, like a bunch of european sites and so spotify acquired them in order to get serious about listing podcasts on a site they want to sort of make it more important than podcasts on their site because it's like long form audio i mean like a lot of audiobooks are like eight to twenty hours long you know depending on like the length and things like that and other spotify news they just acquired a company that does ai like voices so the thought behind this is they want to appeal more towards users that want to convert like ebooks into audiobooks and just have like an ai sort of do it for you so there's something there um oh the obamas on their podcast deal with spotify is expiring they're fleeing to audible um so if you like listening to any of that it's going to be on audible soon um as well spotify is testing out a new system that will allow you to um record things uh, directly in the app, which is kind of cool. They're testing it out now, but it's going to be a way that you could um, soon be able to record, like you know, with the Spotify app, you'll be able to like submit podcasts directly to the platform by just reading into it. So there's something there. Um, it'll be more applicable to like podcasts, but it'll be able to like appeal to a myriad of type of things. So. Um, yeah that's something that's happening there if you have a Kobo e-reader you might know that some models support Dropbox. Dropbox cloud service provider it allows you to sort of offload a lot of your personal collection to cloud storage. Right now only the Forma, Sage, and Ellipsa officially support uh, Dropbox but there's a little hack that you can do to get it on all Kobo e-readers It's called Nickel Menu, which is a custom designed uh, to launch hacks and access hidden features and settings on Kobo e-readers. So all you really have to do is like search for Nickel Menu from GitHub. So it's like, you just Google that and you can just like, you know, basically follow the instructions there and you can get Dropbox pretty well on like, the Libra 2, and all of the other devices. So you can kind of check that out if you want. Um, We've reviewed a few new devices lately. Uh, The Barnes Noble Nook Glowlight 4E. Entry level e-reader. It's not exactly 300 ppi. It's like 212 ppi, and it's like about like a thirty dollar difference between the 4e and the regular Nook Glowlight 4. I'd probably say the Nook Glowlight 4 has the best value for your money. But I see what the company's doing with the 4e by having an entry level e-reader, which is like you know basically just like a little over a hundred dollars. So. It appeals to people that are, like, in the bookstore already browsing for books. And, you know, I can buy an e-reader for, like, literally, like, $100 now instead of, like, $130. So, you know, Barnes & Noble hasn't put this on sale yet because, I mean, it just came out, like, a couple weeks ago. But I could see, like, Black Friday like uh, back to school sales, I could see them discounting this for like as little as like $99 or $89 or something like that. And that will be a compelling buy because, you know, let's not forget a lot of people listening to this show probably have had an e-reader before or an e-paper device, like a smartphone with the e-paper display, uh, an e-reader like a Kindle or Kobo or something like that. Or even you've had Nooks before. So, this is sort of like a gateway to the Barnes & Noble ecosystem for people that uh, already shop on the Barnes & Noble website to buy books or they go to Barnes & Noble like stores to buy books or magazines or newspapers or like whatever, right? Like Barnes & Noble just isn't about books anymore. They're like a lifestyle store. So it's like a way that um, you can get a gateway to the Nook ecosystem in terms of like eBooks and it's a low cost barrier. And you know, once you use this device, you might upgrade in the future when they release something else. So, you know, hardware, there really isn't a huge profit margin on that, not just for Barnes and Noble, for any company, you know, the real money is not with the hardware, it's with the ecosystem. And that's why, like, Kobo, Barnes and Noble, and Amazon are, like, three of the biggest companies like in the world, you know, I mean, Barnes and Noble is only in the States, but the other two companies are like worldwide and it's just ease of use. It's like a frictionless experience. Whereas uh, other companies like, remarkable I mean they charge subscription fees now because they know that hardware is just one part of like the business you know they make money on hardware because it's it's expensive but they don't really make money anywhere else so that's why they developed the subscription method almost everybody else in industry from like Onyx books to like Supernote to to Boyu to iFlytech iReader, I mean, you know, the list goes on, I mean, they make money with hardware, because they don't offer anything else, like, on their device to make money on, so that's one thing, uh, speaking of other companies, the Hisense A9, we've kind of, like, did our hands-on review of it, and it's like, a, um, you know, it's pretty good I mean it's it's a 4G smartphone it works with like most carriers from like AT&T to T-Mobile to Rogers to I don't know Telstar and, and, and so many more carriers on our full review we list all the frequency bands as well as the major carriers in Canada and the US that it works with but I mean it's like $439 um for The six gig of RAM version, or $409 for the four gig of RAM version. Um, so what I like about it is like a giant 6.7 inch display, it's using Ian Carta 1200, and 1200 is sort of the latest generation Carta. And, and you may be thinking, hey, Mike, what's the difference between Ian Carta HD, Ian Carta, Ian Carta 1200? Why should I care? So it's increases this, you know, the, I don't know. It increases like the performance by about 30%. So this includes page churns, interactions with like the device and like so on. Um, so this is like an interesting type of device to use. It doesn't have Google Play or anything like that, but you can sideload in your own apps. Uh, we've also reviewed the Xiaomi Ink Palm Plus, which is um, like a new device that's just came out. And incidentally, all these devices are on the Goody Reader shop at GoodyReader.com slash blog slash shop. And uh, the Xiaomi Ink Pad or Ink Palm Plus sort of their answer to the High Sense High Reader. It's a portable. It's the largest ink palm that they've done. Traditionally, they've done like ink palm minis, which are like hundred dollar devices. They've increased the size from like around four inches to about almost six inches now. And um, yeah, I mean, it's pretty good all in all. It's an interesting way that you could have a dedicated e-reader that like fits in your pocket. It's about two hundred thirty nine bucks. So. You're not breaking the bank. It has no phone functionality, although it does have Wi-Fi and you can install apps, which is cool on it. You know, a lot of these brands like Hisense and Xiaomi, I mean, traditionally they only sell these like in China. So it's not an easy way for people who want to just go to the store and buy things, you know, um, get their hands on it find out if this is something that's of, of value to them so you know that's why we talk a lot about them on our website because like if we didn't talk about them a lot of people wouldn't even know that these existed and they're you know they're pretty good i mean we review pretty well everything that comes out we review so much that we have like piles of stuff that we just can't film fast enough for unboxings and reviews and things like that we've gotten to the point where it's like we're doing polls on social media like what should we review next and like list like eight devices because it's like we have so much on our backlog and i mean we're a pretty small team so it's not like we have Tons of staff to like help us out with like videos and stuff like that. So we try to do all this like written and video content so at least you can kind of get a sense on what these bring to the table. And we're not shooting for like an hour on it, we're doing like quick, like sort of 10 minute things so you can at least get a sense of like, can I see myself using this like on a daily basis? Speaking of what you should get on and use on a daily basis let's take a look at my sort of top picks of the summer for 2022 uh first of all i recommend ink plus ink palm plus that we just sort of talked about the nucleolide 4e i think is 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 a a value but i think as long as it goes on sales extreme value uh, the Kindle Paperwhite Signature Edition, it's using actually an Ian Carta 1200 screen too. So that's why the performance is pretty good. They've introduced like animations on like the page turns uh, to make it like look good. I think the Signature Edition is way better than the base model Paperwhite uh, just because it like has fast charging. It has like an ambient light sensor that automatically adjusts like the friendly display and color temperature system. So it has like a lot of is going for it and it's better to just pay a little bit more money for something that you're going to use every day and get a little bit more value out of i also picked the kobo libra 2 and you may think like what about the sage you know that's supposed to be better right like better processor better better everything well i think it's still hampered by battery issues which is like why kobo released like a a sleep cover case that has a battery built into it in order to just like help it and it has like a small battery it's like a 1200 milliamp battery so it's like really small and I mean I'm seeing e-readers with like 6,000 milliamp batteries so I mean there's no excuse for Kobo to use such woeful batteries and you know there's only so much that they could optimize with hardware whereas like the Libra 2 doesn't really suffer from like a lot of those battery issues like a lot of people really like it and it's like you know, like 40 or $50 cheaper than, like, the Sage. still has, like, physical page turn buttons. Um, it doesn't have the digital note-taking functionality that, like, the Sage has. It's, just it's like, a pure, pure dedicated e-reader. And I think we live in a world now where there's so much out there for people who want to take notes, you know, like, there's no shortage of hybrid e-reader slash digital note-taking devices. So, i kind of wanted to focus this list on just pure e-readers so i think that the libra 2 very very solid uh you can listen to both audiobooks and ebooks same with the kindle paperweight um, the nook right now doesn't have any audiobook functionality but it does have bluetooth so barnes Noble could offer audiobooks via firmware update sometime in the future i really like the upcoming pocketbook era that's going to be on sale in early july it's actually using an ian carta 1200 screen too so i mean you can kind of see a trend here where like so many of these like new uh e-readers are using ian carta 1200 and i mean there's a reason why most companies are releasing new hardware like with it because it's the performance is just so good and they don't really have to like have you know tons of ram and a crazy processor and everything like that um in order to like do that so um yeah i mean the this new pocketbook is pretty good it's a seven inch screen 300 ppi uh warm lighting and um color to you know uh, a friendly display it could support six audiobook formats, 26 languages, um, you know, tw- 19 book formats. It supports graphic novels. It's a dual-core processor, and it's, like, it's looking, like, really good. So, you know, I've used a lot of pocketbook readers before, and this one has undergone a significant redesign from prior models, like, Pocketbook used to sort of like have big bezels on the bottom because that's like where the page turn buttons were unless they were on the side as well as like the home button like the back button, the more button. So they've kind of gotten rid of all the buttons on the bottom and now have just buttons on the side. So the home button now is right above the page turn button. So these, this is probably like the smallest bezels that they've ever had. The, the bezels are probably the biggest just on the right hand side because like that's where the battery is now and that's where all like the physical page turn buttons are. And it's like super small bezels like on the top the left and the bottom it also has a gyroscope too so if you're left-handed you can just like do a 360 and just like start turning pages with like your left hand and that's also good for manga too like if you're a manga purist and you're used to just swiping left to see the next page whereas like in North America we swipe right you know turn to turn in like the next page so it's nice that pocketbook has these options so that's my probably top pick. And the Sense High Reader. So this is in no particular order. Like, I'm not, you know, saying that the High Reader is, like, the best or anything like that. Um, but I do think that for portable readers that fit in your pocket, like, you know, Sense traditionally has only done like phones before or more recently hi-fi music players this is the first time they've ever released like a phone looking type device that is just a dedicated e-reader uh it's like 399 dollars and comes with a free case also available on the goodie reader store it has 36 lights on it so that's 36 white uh like led lights um but there's no warm light system for some reason hisense has never included a warm light system but it has like a speaker like on it it's using an octa-core processor like four gigs of ram 64 gigs of internal storage um yeah i mean it's like it's super and um what's nice about this is it supports 14 languages including english so it supports, like, major European languages, major North American languages, South American languages. You could... I mean, it has, like, an e button on the side of it that basically can be mapped to do different things. So one click would do a full-page re- refresh. Two clicks, open up the app of your choice. Three clicks, do something else. I mean, the, you know, it basically... The world is your oyster. It's basically a button that can do different things. And on the volume buttons on it, they can actually act as physical page turn buttons too. So as long as like apps can support it, like the native app that's built into it, like the sort of the built-in e-reader app takes advantage of the volume buttons as like an up and down button. Uh, other apps do that, such as Aldeco and Moon Plus Reader as well, but your mileage may vary. It's using Android 10, which is like, fairly modern but they have like all sorts of cool features like high contrast text um so you know if you're nearsighted or you have vision problems it could like basically increase it up to like 35 percent it's good if you have 20 20 vision you don't really need it but if like you wear glasses or anything like that they have all sorts of things like font anti aliasing, like all these different speed modes. The speed modes could be changed to work with different speed modes for different apps. So, if one app has like a lot of animated page turns, you might want to increase the performance mode on it to a higher way. So, instead of seeing a page turn, like traditionally on, on Android e readers, if you turn a page, if you use an app and you do like a physical page turn button, it's not a great experience because it's like the screen refreshes for each little bit of the animation that happens. But if you turn on a bigger speed mode, it just flips like instantly. So there's some viability there. I mean, it makes a tremendously good e-reader. Like You can sideload in EPUB, MOBI, PRC, AZW, TEXT, PDF, among others. They could be DM free or they could like be not. It's really good for manga, but it's like really good with like apps. I mean, you just siloed in your own apps or alternative like app store. I just wish more people knew about this because it's like pretty good. And it like you know I I walk like with my iPhone like 13 Pro Max like in my jeans pocket all the time, and this is the High Sense one, significantly lighter, and because it's using e paper like it's just easy on your eyes, and my iPhone, like, I'll be lucky if I get, like, a day out of it before I have to, like, recharge it at the end of the day, because, like, I'm using it all the time, whereas with the e-paper display, for as much as I would use it, it would last, like, three weeks before I have to recharge it, so there is some sort of benefit there. Uh, You can listen to you know, everything like podcasts, music, you can load Spotify on it. You can, you know, do wireless headphones on it and stuff like that. So there, there's a lot of sort of value uh, with that. So that's pretty well, I think maybe my top pick of like the best dedicated e-reader of like the year, because it's, it's just so good. Is Barnes & Noble discontinuing the Nook Plus? It looks like it. I heard from them in February that they were suffering from component shortages and it would probably be available soon. It's now like the middle of June and they've removed the product from the Nook page. So if you go to the Barnes & Noble website and look at the Nook page, they're pretty well only advertising the Nucleolite 4. Nook Glowlight 4e and the Lenovo Nook Tablets 10. They don't even have, you have to search to see a product page for like the Nook Glowlight Plus. And this is the 7.8 version that came out in 2019. So, what's happening? I don't think it's a component shortage. I think at first it was. And then there's, the I probably think that they were thinking that. It's not the most considering the price points their most expensive e-reader and it lacks significantly behind the competition in terms of specs even when it came out i thought it was woefully like underperforming compared to the things on the market and this was like in 2019 not a long time ago so what's happening so i haven't heard anything like they're releasing a new device they don't Sometimes they tell me like about a month in advance that they're like, hey, we're going to have something that we're going to announce next month. Uh, we sign like an NDA or something like that. I haven't been asked to sign an NDA. Um, if I w- did sign an NDA, I probably wouldn't be talking about this. So, I mean, I would just say like, hey, the Nook Glow like, looks like it's discontinued. You know, big deal, right? So there's no FCC applications yet, but... Let's talk about why it's like underperforming and what they could do to make the next version of this good. So if we go back to 2019, things were a little bit different, but not drastically. So when this came out, for instance, it was using a single core processor, one gig of RAM and eight gigs of internal storage. Like, as a flagship e-reader. Uh, sure, they had 300 PPI. But, I mean, it really wasn't that good. So, what would make it better? Well, it's long in the tooth. Most of the good e-readers these days use incarta 1200, as we've talked about. And, you know, that's not only page turn speed, but overall performance. You know, like, Kindle, Kobo... Pocketbook like everybody's using this now and if Barnes and Noble is going to replace their plus model They're going to have to at least use this technology. They'll also have to incorporate a capacitive touchscreen display The current generation nuclear light plus uses infrared touch Who uses infrared touch anymore? It's all capacitive like touchscreen display whether it's like two like finger or five finger multi-touch so Barnes & Noble was only using 17 LED lights on this for both their front light display and color temperature system. Most e-readers like in 2020 or in 2021 or even 2022 are using 27 or more. Some of them are using like 60 di- like LED lights. So, you know, 17 LED lights, come on. I mean, it doesn't allow for a really nice front light display with like so few lights. Uh, you know, for specs, like, they're going to have to increase it from a single-core processor to a quad-core processor, triple the RAM, they need at least, like, two to four gigs of RAM, they're going to at least, like, 64 to 32 gigs of storage, 8 gigs of storage, guys, I mean, that's not going to fly in 2022, so, I mean, that's my advice to the company on, like, how they could make a new device that people will actually use i mean they have a few strengths going for them they're one of the few companies that are still doing physical to page turn buttons and that's like a big deal if you're holding it with one hand juggling a crying baby or just like in bed at night and you just want to like kind of hold it up like you would a phone just with like one hand click the buttons with one hand like when you're like on a crowded bus or subway or mass transit or something like that I mean being able to just hold it in one hand and like get you set of it while your other hand is like gripping a pole or you know doing other things right like you're not having to two hand this so that's a strength their their ecosystem is pretty good I'd probably say their weakest thing and I kind of agree with a lot of users whenever I write the story they're like you know the hardware is good like it, it it performs well but always like the software is not where it needs to be and i think that barnes and noble has used the same software for the nook for like eight years maybe longer they've done a few firmware updates here and there but nothing that like really increases the performance of it so i'm thinking like You know carta would increase performance without needing to like rewrite a lot of code i i know that rewriting code as as an operating system and stuff is not the easiest thing to do i mean you know we've done apps you know we've rewritten things like we've given our feedback to e-reader companies when they like a lot of companies so you guys may not know this but peter and i know a lot about e-readers we've been doing this since like 2008 so it's kind of gotten to the point where like a lot of new companies when they're wanting to go to market with like their first device they'll like send us like a like a development copy and they'll be like yo can you test this firmware for us and like let us know what needs improvement what needs to be changed and like you know um most of the times we do this as like a paid service and it's not like we're like talking about them on the website you know we'll do like every e-reader company that you know has a new device that i hear about like hey you know this company is going to be releasing this and you know here's the specs here's underneath the hood you know here's the os that they're going to use they're you know the standard stuff where we can kind of like at least inform our audience that something is on the horizon or coming out soon whether it's a crowdfunding campaign we'll mention that and so on but you know behind the scenes it's like you know we'll help these companies out letting them know like should the hardware be better you know are they using the right kind of hardware to take advantage of like the software what oh you know what os are they using are they using android or if they're using linux most companies these days are using android because it's so much easier to like program on finding android developers like to make a custom ui or to make fixes They're like a dime a dozen. They're easy to find no matter what country you live in. Whereas, like, finding good Linux developers is pretty challenging. And they can often command, like, higher fees because it's not everyone's developing on Linux these days. It's all Android. So we kind of, like, will test these devices and you know we'll film videos and be like okay you need to fix this this is an issue this is an issue they'll release a firmware update we'll test that you know we'll test to see if their new firmware update broke anything or you know if there's anything else that needs fixing so you know it's 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 an extra way that your boys at goodie reader could you know stay financially solvent and not just rely on ad revenue as you guys know i mean if you visit our website goodybeater.com, there's a lot of ads you know because that's like one of the ways that we keep the lights on that we could afford to pay like four or five writers to write for us and you know that's the same with like our YouTube revenue so we need to supplement our income sometimes as a company to be able to you know continue to hire new writers and uh, break stories and you know to talk about e-readers for like literally like what 14 years we've been doing it for longer I'm not good at math so 2008 to 2022 yeah, I'm not good at math. I can't tell you exactly that. I've had to like Google when is my birthday and like put in my birthday and be like, how old am I? Because it's like I don't really even know. So um, that's like something interesting that you could sort of like do with that. Um, so when it comes to everything else in the e-reader industry. Uh, there's a lot there's a lot of new Chinese devices that are coming out that are running English which is actually totally surprising because I kind of talked about this on like a couple months ago I don't remember when but it's so refreshing to see all these traditional Chinese companies that only sold their things in China And then, you know, start selling things outside of China, but they never, like, included English. You know what I mean? So it's like they would go find distributors to sell their device, and it's only available in English. And, I mean for instance if you're a reader of a website you speak english or another language or you're listening to this show i mean you're you speak english and you know most of the world speaks english you know like western europe i mean there's a lot of places that speak english i mean if you're an airline pilot and it, English is like the national language of like the aviation industry. So all traffic control towers, no matter where you are, will speak English. So if something, if an e-reader, it doesn't have English on it, you automatically like alienate like 30% of the world, 40%, probably not 40 but, you know, at least say like, let's, let's just as an arbitrary figure, 20%. So it's so refreshing to see you now companies like, Because this is something that I bitched about literally for like... Ever since we started reviewing like all these Chinese e-readers. It's like the build quality is really high. You know, they have all these kind of cool features. But it's only like in Chinese. And it's like, well, there's a lot of people living in China. I could see why these companies just focus on China. But I mean, more and more of them are now supporting English. Uh, The latest one from Hanvon of all things, Hanvon is like the quintessential chinese company everything that they do is chinese audience but for for some reason their n10 e-note that's running android 11 has english on it so it's like hey we're selling this in our store we're going to write a review on it we're going to like make this accessible to people i mean we probably won't sell very many but i mean whatever right um there's a company um hiread is based in Taiwan. They've always just done Chinese e-readers, but their latest generation Gaze Note series, uh, both the 10.3 and their 7.8 have English on it. And so this is like phenomenal. And it's like Taiwanese companies, Chinese companies. It's like, you know, the, the Huawei MatePad, I mean Huawei, I mean quintessential Chinese company this is their first e-ink product. They support many languages right out of the box. It's so much awesome to see. Whereas like companies like, so you know how I talked about how we do things for companies. We stay in touch with like a lot of these companies. Like one of the advantages of us having a store is that we're in direct communication with like everyone from like the CEO of a company to the like, you know, the highest level of executives, like the VP of the company or the VP of, like, an e-reader division. Like, iFlyTech like, isn't just about e-readers, but they do, like, AI. They do, like, government and military contracts. I mean, they do... They have their hands in a lot of different cookie jars. E- e-readers are just, a div- you know, a subdivision of the company. It's just something that they do. We've tr- begged them to do English for years, and they just won't do it. And it's just... It's a shame because like almost everyone else, like iReader is an example, their latest new devices, English. Um, You know, a lot of these companies are very resistant to English. And there's only a few, like iFlyTech is probably the one biggest exception because even to use their devices, you need a Chinese mainland phone number to like unlock all the functionality. sure you can google that type of stuff there's services that provide phone numbers and then like codes or whatever to like verify it and things like that but i mean it's just not user friendly it's just pure chinese but there's so many other brands that are embracing chinese where like they're suddenly the outliers like xiaomi all of their e ink devices supported like just pure Chinese even like the Xiaomi Ink Palm Mini their first and second generation Chinese only then suddenly the Xiaomi Ink Palm Plus which I talked about earlier on the show it's English for the first time and um yeah I mean it's it's just so refreshing to see like all these like companies suddenly become relevant like on the world stage it's just not all about Kindle and, and 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 Amazon and and Barnes and Noble or Kobo anymore but there's suddenly all these like cool new brands that have compelling products that are in English that are just like waiting for you to like get your hands on so I'm pretty happy with the e-reader industry right now just because it's not just Chinese anymore like a look and what I mean by that is that like a lot of the e-readers that we buy like Kindles are made in China at Foxconn Barnes & Noble and Kobo e-readers are made by Netronics in Taiwan they play a small role in the design and like you know what the the hardware will feel like but it's like mm, like ultimately designed assembled and manufactured In China so almost like all the e-readers that you play with are made in China so I'm more or less talking about the the e-readers that are made manufactured distributed and sold just in China but like suddenly it's like I don't know I guess I'm happy to see that we play a small role in Talking to these companies and telling them how much business that they're losing out by not having English and then suddenly all their new devices have English on it and it's like, you know, we do talk with Xiaomi. We do talk to like, you know, Huawei. We we talk to everybody. I mean, anybody who makes an e-reader like either solic- solicits our advice far in advance or they say like, you know, we ask for contacts with the company like. Can we talk to the CEO? Can we talk to, like, the VP of, like, the division? And then it's, like, you know, we're talking to them on, like, WeChat or WhatsApp and stuff. And, you know, we're in direct contact with, like, the decision makers. And we just, like, you know, you're making deadly hardware. Like, there's no denying it. But, I mean, there is a market outside China that could use your device. So it's, like, you know, just put English on it. It's, like, we'll we'll help facilitate that. We'll sell it in our store. We'll do reviews on it. I mean, we do reviews on it anyways. Like, if you look at our YouTube channel, it's like, we've been doing reviews appearing pure Chinese e-readers for years, and they don't get the most hits. Like, people, people don't really care. It's like, you know, a lifetime of a video may get, like, 30,000 views. Like, so what? It's like, $100. You know, but most of the times, it's like, we have to pay for those, you know, but now we get everything just sent to us. There's very few e-readers on the market that we actually have to pay for, for samples. And it's more or less companies that, you know, are not really interested in doing business with us or, you know, like Remarkable, for example, like they're not too interested in dealing with anybody but themselves. Like they don't sell their products on Amazon. It's like they have their own website, their own distribution chain, their, their, carrier of choice like you know it's like they want to control it's like apple they would just they want to control a b to c and you know apples you know they're selling stuff on amazon now you know they're making some of their products a little bit more accessible outside of like apple.com right so there is some headway being made with all these traditional companies that are zealots at control over everything and Yeah, I mean, whatever. It's just... The more e-readers that could prospectively be put in readers' hands is nothing but a good thing. And I mean, I think that gets lost in me talking about Chinese e-readers and how they use English and things like that. But it's like, it's just more devices that are accessible to more people and hopefully that will just promote them to read. And I mean, I'm such an advocate of reading because like, so many people these days don't have the time to just like read I, i'm not talking about just like scrolling through reddit or twitter or facebook that's not reading i'm sorry it's not i mean like reading is like reading a novel like whether it's fiction or non-fiction like for fiction it's like getting invested in a character or a series of characters or into a, t- a time period or into like a world and, or like non-fiction it's like you know, what, you know, a book on Elon Musk, for instance, like, you know, considering is like the world's richest guy that we know of, that, uh, you know, it's interesting to find out about his early life with like PayPal and, you know, starting up like all these little companies or buying them as they're in their infancy and watching them grow up, you know, it's, it's interesting to read about the people that are just, like, talked about on a daily basis, like, in the world, it's kind of interesting, you know, most of these are unauthorized biographies, but sometimes, like, in the case of Steve Jobs and Walter Isaacson, it's, like, they were friends, they, like, for, like, a decade, you know, so they, they, they they were, they, they knew of each other, and they, like, you know, willingly participated, like, in the book, but, yeah, I'm, I'm just a huge advocate of, like, reading, because, I mean, I wouldn't be able to do this job if I didn't read or if I loved to read or if I wanted to promote e-readers, which devices solely geared towards like reading content, books, magazines, manga. It doesn't matter. It's 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 getting invested in something. And I find that like reading is just the most liberating experience. I think I started reading when I was like three and when you're at that age, you really don't really understand too many concepts. But my parents had these like Star Wars read-along records. And so I'm like 42. So, you know, cassette players, like, you know, record players. And so it would be like these like Star Wars read-along records where like you'd play a record and you could follow along in the text with like the novel. And so I think that I was, re, you know, building up like word word correlation. So, what is this word being? You know, following along. It's sort of like um, the modern day equivalent is like if you use an Amazon app and you have the audiobook too, it will play the audiobook and like the the words will be highlighted as the audiobook plays. That's sort of like a modern equivalent of like read-along records I mean that's that's how it all got started and so that that I I started reading like before I was like in kindergarten so I mean I, I was reading at a really early age not reading but like building the foundation of like reading I guess it really was it was and then you know by like six it's like I was reading novels like you know, I was still buying stuff from like the Scholastic Book Fair, but a lot of people were buying picture books or coloring books. It's like, I think I was the only person in all my classes for like the first four or five years that they were doing that. It was like, I was buying novels, like Hardy Boy novels, you know what I mean? Just like literary stuff that wasn't too literary. But I mean, it got me started, you know, I mean, I think everyone, like, girls growing up where they were reading Nancy Drew, boys were reading, like, Hardy Boys. Everybody was reading, like, Archie books, you know, and stuff like that, you know. So, yeah, we always had, like, those pulpy novels in my house. But um, my parents loved to read, too. Like, I think I kind of got that from them. Like, my dad was, like, big into Westerns, and my mom was, like, big into, like, Harlequin romance books. So, I mean, everybody has each their own, you know, but... So yeah, I mean, I don't know if I got reading directly from them, but I do know that like, when I was like nine or 10, it's like whenever we would go to like the grocery store, they would have this book section and I would always make my mom, parent, my parents buy me a book every week that we went to the grocery store and I went with them. It's like, I want this book, I want this book. And like, you know, they, they really didn't and never really said no, you know, they said no to toys they said no to cookies, you know, they said no to, like, you know, all this, like, crap, like, I want a two-liter of coke, mom, like, no, we have, we have, like, I don't know, president's choice, like, cola at home, or, like, we have RC Cola at home, but it's a non-name brand, mom, I don't care, so, but, yeah, I mean, you know, but, you know, to a boy, it's, like, can I get a book, mom? It's like, she didn't even look at the price. She's like, okay. You know, so it was just like a thing. And then after a while, it's like, they would drive me to like, um, there was a comic book store in my town. So I grew up in a small town in Northwestern, Ontario, Thunder Bay, Ontario. And, um, it didn't have like a lot of bookstores, but there was like a comic book store that had this like huge either, like it was half used books and half like, um, new books, and it was all sort of, like, these, like, you know, everything from across the board is mainly fantasy, like, and science fiction, because, like, comic bookstore, so I kind of got my, like, love into, like, you know, uh, after, like, sort of Hardy Boys and stuff like that, it was, you know, getting more into, like, Asimov and, like, uh, like, I don't know, just, like, all this sort of, like, the quintessential, like, Yeah, sort of like all those sort of like novels and things like that. So um, yeah, I think that one of the reasons why I love reading is to get others to read. And that's like why I started the site because it's like reading digitally is sort of like the future. I mean, every, you know, during when 2008, like smartphones didn't really exist back then. I mean, iPhone hadn't even come out yet. You know, it was like people had blackberries or flip phone, Narkia phones and stuff like that. Nobody was reading digitally. Everybody was still like analog reading or reading like on their PC, like a PDF or like something like that. Most people were reading physical books and as smartphones and tablets started to gain prominence, less and less started people started to read. I mean, you just look at the Pew Research polls from like 2008 to like 2020. And it's just like, people are reading less because like more people are like listening to spotify they're you know social media on their phone doing tiktok videos or like you know there's like tv like you know there's a smorgasbord of like really quality shows like to satiate anyone's interest like BritBox for like British stuff or Disney Plus for like Marvel and Star Wars originals or you know all the movies you know Netflix like you know I'm guilty I I, you know, I watch a lot of stuff I watched Obi-Wan I'm watching Ms. Marvel I wasn't really too keen on Moon Knight though so that's something I mean I don't watch like all the Marvel movies and stuff I haven't seen Doctor Strange yet but I, I'm gonna get to it now that's like on Disney Plus but I don't let that type of stuff control my life. It's just like, it's a lark. You know, I'm on Facebook, maybe once a day. I'm on Twitter, just like to see what people are talking about. I don't use TikTok, like I don't use like any of those like Pinterest or I use Reddit a little bit, um, just to like look at memes and stuff like that. So that's pretty well why I do it. But yeah, I mean, I read like a book or two a week. So, you know, in the midst of like working on, on Goodie Reader, being entertained seeing friends like you know it's like summertime so it's like i'm trying to get my steps in and walking like every day to like lose weight and stuff like that so it doesn't leave a lot of time but i'm still reading all the time like i'm still reading like two books a week and it's all just either new books that have just come out or you know rereading some you know buying a book that i bought like 10 years ago and just lost just like buy it again and read it again but Um, I'm listening to audiobooks more and more lately just because when you sometimes playlists can get a little played out you know what I mean like the Spotify rabbit hole or Apple music rabbit hole can only go so far before it's like I don't feel like listening to music I just like I want to listen to an audiobook like there's uh, there's some conjecture is listening to an audiobook the same thing as reading like or is it something different. Because you're still getting the spirit of the book. It's just like, I don't know. I, I think that there is like a fundamental difference between audiobooks and books. It's not that audiobooks are being spoon fed, which is like a little bit of what they are, but they're easier to digest. Like for people that don't have time to like read, that are commuting for like an hour and a half a day in a car or they are juggling kids and like or they're like going to get groceries i mean i could see listening to a book over the period of like a couple weeks that you just do it when you can you maybe can't pick up a book in the same way as that so at least your 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 literary thirsts are being satiated by just a different way so i've always been bullish on audiobooks because more publishers are releasing more frontless titles as audiobooks. There's all this like cool tech, like AI, that's making authors' jobs a little bit easier and financially viable. Like, let's let's face it, like hiring a professional narrator, booking engineering time and stuff like that. It's like it's billable hours. And if your bill, if your book is like 12 hours, that could be like $12,000 or more. And if you're like An entry-level writer that really hasn't sold a lot of books, that's not really a cost that you would want to eat. So voice assistants come into play. doesn't have the natural inflections and tones as, like, a real person. But, I mean, it's something, you know? It's, I don't know, every sale counts. But I guess, like, I just grew up reading books, and I read more books than audiobooks, whereas, like, someone growing up now may just, like, listen to more audiobooks than real books i mean there's a lot of people i know that they've never really read books outside of like having to do book reports like in school or being forced to read at school but they've like never really read full novels in their life and that always is troubling to me i guess it's different strokes for different blokes but i find that like books just like expand your mind and just like give you a taste of, like, some of the possibilities that, like, this world has to offer. I think reading makes, like, the world a little bit less scary. And uh, that's been it for the Goodie Reader Radio Show. Oh, I think that you guys have liked this edition. If you like it, drop a comment below on GoodyBeater.com or on YouTube, and we'll talk to you later. Bye.